0: Welcome back everybody, welcome back to Phil's Recap and Review. This is for Only Murders in the Building, Episode 5, Twist. And <laughs> I'm a saggy bu- saggy ball boy, bum 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 bum, I don't know, another op- awesome episode of Only Murders in the Building. I had a lot of fun with this episode, brings the whole investigation into a whole other direction. A lot more kind of bit characters popping in and out here. I like the character that was introduced. Tie-dye guy guy got dealt with. We got another step to the ladder that's going to lead us up to who our murderer is. A little bit more association to it possibly being Mabel, but I still do not think it's Mabel. I don't think it's any of the three of our main characters. And in fact, I don't think it's anyone that we've been introduced to yet, as I mentioned before. I think each week we get a little bit of a crumb to who could actually be the murderer. And I do think it's right in front of us. I said this last week. I think it's been right in front of us this whole time. And each week we lead into the possibility of who it could be next. And it's kind of all just red herrings until the final episode when it's all going to come together and we're going to have that big "uh uh-huh kind of feeling because it's all been in front of us the whole time. I think that's what leads some people to think it's Mabel or one of our two Martins, but I don't think so. I tend to think we're onto something a little bit with the whole investigation with the jewelry. I mentioned that last week. We got a lot more steps down that road, down that road, down the jewelry road. I'm not quite awake yet. So if I'm like trying to come out with words and they're like, blah, that's because I have to go somewhere this afternoon. So I apologize for slightly earlier than the time that I set this event to start. But I needed to get this done today, right now, before I did anything else today, because I got up first thing in the morning. I attempted to stay up last night and watch it, but I started to get a little, uh, little whoa by the end of the evening. And I didn't feel like I could have had my brain to kind of watch what was going on. So I woke up first thing in the morning, popped on the episode, and was excited to watch it. But I'm not alone, of course. I've got with me some friends in the live chat. We got Negan, we got Jordy the Jedi, we got KC... Randy, KCA Randy, and also Alex is popping the head in here every once in a while. So thank you to all of you guys that are joining me this afternoon. As I mentioned, this is a new show, new people, new folks, new group of people to pop on in here and have this discussion. Not everyone's watching this show yet, so we got to start from scratch. So if you know anyone that's watching this show and might enjoy a weekly discussion on it, send them my way, send them into the chat. We can all try to figure out who this murderer is. And also, I know some of you guys check out these streams. I'm lucky enough that you check out these streams whether you watch the shows that I'm talking about or not. So, I appreciate that as well. I'll always try to give some sort of context to what's going on. So, if you're not watching, you can kind of understand generally what I'm, what the fuck I'm even talking about is really the story here. What What are you talking about? We don't care. You know, we just want to hear, we want to hear what the nonsense you're babbling about right now. We don't care about some stupid show. So if you're on that tip too as well, I perfectly am very welcome to that and you joining on in and asking me any basic questions about this series. But we're in episode five now and episode, the first four episodes have sent it all over the place like a roller coaster back and forth on who could possibly be the murderer. And what I love about this show, and I've talked about this every week, is it simultaneously matches up this light-hearted whodunit approach to very wordy, funny, light-hearted, early-on comedy. And I think the dynamic that Steve Martin and Martin Short have together is excellently done in this series, just to be repetitive of what I'm trying to say. And again in this episode, Selena Gomez proved to me that she's the perfect casting for the third member of this team. They have a wonderful—when they finally come back together at the end of this episode, It you can feel the chemistry that they all have for each other. And I think— when they've introduced new actors and new people into individual scenes, like in this episode when we get to know Tie-Dye Guy a little bit, he fits into what we've learned about the characters so far. So I very much appreciate that. I appreciate how they're setting up these potential potential suspects, and it basically just all gets flushed down the toilet by the end of the episode. I was fearful of this happening, but they're doing it in a fun, interesting way, and as I mentioned before, I do think simultaneously we're getting, we're getting breadcrumbs to lead us to the next possible real situation. Because there is a real situation going on here. This is a murder. There is clues around the scene. I, again, I'm rep- repetitive about this, but I'm convinced that everything we need to know about who is doing this, what is doing this, what is going on, is all in front of us on screen right now. And this jewelry thing has been a thing that's been leading since episode one, so it very much could go down the Tim was stealing jewelry, some sort of association to what Zoe was doing early on. I guess spoiler alert for episode five and everything up until episode five. Uh, non spoiler review. I wouldn't say this was my favorite of the five episodes so far, but I definitely enjoyed it. It might have might have been might have been right in the middle. Uh, I liked it. Or I liked it as much as I liked episode 3, but I liked last week and episodes 1 and 2 a bit better. But that's not to say this was a bad episode. I feel like everything that happened in this episode, it was a one-off to learn more about Oliver and get us to the next place in time. We had limited interaction between our three main characters. A lot of really good business between Steve Martin and Martin Short. Again, I wouldn't say this was a bad episode. I would say this episode was the was one of those that I was like, "Oh god, that's it. You got to release two episodes at a time." That I, I got that. I need more. I need more. Or maybe it's just a victim of having a difficulty trying to watch a show like this week to week when I'm in a mindset these these days of engulfing a whole season's worth of clues into one. So, I'm sitting here and at the end of this episode, we finally get our one piece of new information, which is great. And and I'm like, Ugh, I just want more can you not do that to me that you put my you're putting a stick up my ass right out stop and making me yell hey George I don't want that I don't want to stick up my ass and yelling George I want to know what the hell is going on let's get into the live chat I wish I could stay I have a uh I wish I could wish I could stay but I have a fateful test tomorrow negan tons of good luck on your test tomorrow buddy thank you for popping on in the live chat to say hi and please drop a like on your way out as I've said in many different other places, but I'll say here, especially with a new show like this, it's very important, if you are enjoying what we're doing here, like it, subscribe, share it, make sure you follow, and help spread it, (laughs) help spread it like it's a virus now. Help spread the channel and help uh, get as many likes in there as possible, because the more likes you get, especially if you get that weird 100 like limit, not weird, but that 100 limit, like it stops there that apex of the hundred likes it shares your video in a whole different circle and it'll allow it to kind of get a little bit more even even like on a minor level so uh i know people don't give a crap about that stuff but if you can and you're enjoying this nonsense please hit the like button and hit the subscribe button to join us for the rest of this season and all sorts of other shows that we're going to be talking about i haven't seen it where is it on it is on hulu Uh, Geordie the Jedi. It is a murder mystery comedy series starring Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. Uh, Be prepared for some spoilers out here right now. Although the spoiler isn't going to be... The big spoiler, the one that actually matters, isn't going to be deciphered, isn't going to be delivered until the final episode, when we finally find out who the actual murderer is. I think up until this point, everything else is you can almost spoil what happens in every episode because it's all for naught. This episode a lot a big chunk of it was dedicated to the thought that Char- that Martin and Martin think that Selena Gomez's character and I know her name's Mabel and, and Brazos and and uh Oliver and I-, I know they have real names. I know they have character names, but <laughs> but their mother's named them Steve Martin and Steve and Martin short And Selena Gomez, I'm going to call them Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez. I'll try to call them by character names sometimes, but they're not called Steve Martin, Martin Short, and Selena Gomez on the show proper. I just am referring to them in those ways. They each have actual character names. But this episode, very much most of it was dedicated to the fact or the possibility of Mabel possibly being the killer. We in association to what we saw in the first scene with her stabbing someone with the with a knitting needle we see a continuation to that scene in this episode right here when she meets up with her buddy uh tie dye guy that we'll get into his, I forget his name uh, I have it written down, down on the on the uh on the notes but when she bumps into him we get almost a repetitive moment in a good way it's like poetry it rhymes where we got a moment where he comes up behind her and she pulls it out the knitting needles like I want to stab you down to the bone, similar to what she said in episode one. So we do know she has, they're giving us false clues. They're feeding us spoonfuls of dog shit. And they're going, it tastes like pizza. That I mean, that's kind of what they're trying to do with Mabel, I think. They're showing us that, oh, okay, Mabel is is on edge. Mabel is capable of murder. Mabel is secretive for no reason at times. She's the murderer. She's got to be the murderer. See how she interacts with him. See how she's sort of on edge and trying to dissuade the facts of what's going on in the situation. All that being said, and I've said this three million times in the f- three podcasts I've done about the show so far. If it's any of our three main characters, it's Steve Martin or Martin Short. And I don't think it's Selena Gomez. They're making it too Mabel. They're making it too, I won't say obvious. But it's a very low-hanging fruit that you can possibly go over there and, and grab and then shove it up your ass. It's I don't know why I'm, everything's up my ass this morning. I don't care, but I'm very excited about this. <laughs> but I am very excited about this show. It's It's good stuff. It's good fun. It is interesting talking about coming out here to babble to you guys and talk about a half-an-hour show where, again, maybe that's part of it too. Maybe waiting week to week getting all excited about the next possible show, sitting down, getting ready, taking notes, watching it, and the show's only 30 minutes. I feel like, "Oh, I just want more." But these episodes do feel like they ebb and flow the amount of time that they should. This should this should not be an hour-long show. I think each episode works really well. I think the only other thing they could have possibly put this as is maybe a maybe a mini a movie like a like a two-hour, hour-and-a-half movie that they could have combined all of this into. But as a television series, it works really well in the 30-minute bursts. I guess me being selfish and wanting my conclusion before the end of an episode sometimes, I get frustrated. I'm like, I just want to know what's going on. And... I feel like I'm missing something. I feel like I'm watching this, watching each ep- episode, and missing who this possibly could be. Is it someone that lived in the building, or are we getting into this whole side story now with talking about all the jewelry and talking about the fencing of the jewelry and something associated with, this is what I was going to say before I called spoilers, where we learned in episode two, or was it episode three? The I think it was episode two, The which who is Tim Kono, that Zoe, the blonde that was pushed off the building was a little bit too friendly with going into people's houses and taking their jewelry and taking their stuff so is there some sort of association with what happened to her and what happened to Tim Kono that somehow he spent time fucking with the people that killed Zoe and somehow making it a point to steal stolen jewelry from a stolen jewelry like okay Follow me here for a second. Zoe stole jewelry from an illegal, fencing, thievery organization, a burglary organization that also lives in the building, that one of the places that they broke into in Hardy Boyd was like the wrong person, something with some uh, mafia association, some sort of professional criminal association of some of some sort. Zoe broke into that place to go Hardy Boyd, stole some stuff, stuff she shouldn't have stolen, they confronted her in the building to yell at her and try to get the information back when she get the uh, get the get the stuff back, get the jewelry back. When Mabel did not react, excuse me, when Zoe did not react properly to that and kind of freaked out, there was some sort of accident that happened, and either she intentionally or unintentionally got thrown off the building. Tim Kono saw all this, was threatened by said villainous people. To say, you better not say anything or you're next. Enough years went by. The murder got put on her boyfriend at the time. And Tim kind of went into a depression dealing with the fact that he put away one of his best friends. But within that depression, somehow through his work, he connected with a client that had some association with the people that were the thievery people. So Tim decided to go out of his way, risk his job to try to fuck over these people that, that murdered his friend Zoe. And then framed his other friend. Went through the whole process of doing that. Set up like it looked like he was going to get away with it. But it wasn't for those sneaky kids. Then the criminal people came back and murdered him. Happened to be on the same night that what's his name got out of jail. Was climbing up the stairs. And all of this came together. And that is my hypothesis as of right now with what's going on. That somehow there is some association with that. Somehow there, it, we're learning more about the story through this jewelry clue and it does have some association to what happened. I guess that's what I'm working with right now, but I feel like even what I'm saying right now, which I know it sounded a little bit too detailed and whatever, like I'm I'm putting a lot of pieces together that might not need to be put together, I still feel like it's too obvious. I feel like it's too early in the series being in episode five right now where it's too, it's too much too fast uh, to find all the information out because we're halfway through. I believe this is going to be 10 episodes. I could be wrong. It could be eight. I think it's 10. Someone, someone, I can do a quick Googling to check this out. Uh, Let me, let me, let me see if I can do it. Let me see if I can magically do it. How many episodes will only murders in the building be this season? So, Let me see if they tell tell – I think it's going to be 10 episodes, so we're at the half – yeah, 10 episodes. Thank you, Google. You're welcome, Finn. (laughs) Now, so 10 episodes. We get 10 episodes of this season. We're at a halfway point. We're not going to find out who the murderer is in an obvious way till at minimum episode 9, and then episode 10 is going to be about proving it or one of our characters being in danger of some sort. The reveal is going to be in episode 10. And then it's going to re- reveal to the point of them selling this podcast to... The, the the big podcasting company that we got another reference to tonight. But those two dudes in the cab that are doing the plants podcast. We, we get another sort of referential material to associate that to them to show that later that Martin Short is going to take the idea of selling this podcast to the main podcasting company. That's why we got the information about the company being sold for X million dollars. That's why we met up with those two guys, the flower shop guys today. That's why we got all that sort of information. Hey, we got AK in the live chat. We got Tao Tail. Good morning from California. Uh, Iraq Monster. I'm about to start watching the show. Can I. I'm about to start watching the show. Can I watch the stream? Nice to meet you as well, Iraqi Monster. Great to have you in the live chat. Thank you so much for joining. As I mentioned before, there may be some spo- individual spoilers for each episode, but I will. I think the overall message of the series is not very spoiler heavy till we get to the end. So basically, what I'm going to—if you're listening to this podcast right now—it may ruin the first five episodes in the sense of the roller coaster that the show brings you on, but it's not deciphering what the final answer is, if that makes sense. So, as much as I love to have you here, Iraqi Monster, thank you so much for checking out this live stream, and I hope you come back. Please subscribe, please follow. I don't... I do think maybe the first four episodes will lose a little bit of their uh, their explosion factor, in, if you're feeling the series, in the sense of what's about to happen within each episode. That being said, you know, basically at this point... Everything in the series leading up is that we still don't know anything, that we know a little bit more about who the murder victim is and a little bit more about each one of our characters. So I'm I'm going to be on every Tuesday uh, around this time between the hours of like 10 a.m. and, and 1, 2 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time uh, talking about each episode. I think I'm going to be missing one week on the 21st, but maybe not. Uh, and that's just because of moving factors that week. But other than that, I will be here every week on Tuesday, right. The episode airs theoretically, possibly on a Monday evening at midnight. So make sure you pop back in and join. That being said, I don't want you to go. I don't want you to go. i want I want you to stay right here and be my be my friend. i, uh, I wish I wish I wish you were here, no. But uh, great to see Jay in the live chat, too. Great to see Jordy. Great to see AK. Great to see Jesse in the live chat. And thank you, Monster, for being here as well. Thank you to all you guys that are checking out this live stream, whether you watch this show or not. And huge love to Hannibal for uh, recording Wish You Were Here for us. Uh, Because I wish all you guys were here. So uh, you can watch this stream. I will try to be somewhat light, but I am going to be spoiling the hell. But I wanted to have a special for then shut this off as much as i as much as i love you and i want you in here right now uh i would i would recommend shutting off this stream and coming back after you watch Uh, i did one podcast for the first three episodes i did one for from episode four and this is the after show for episode five so uh in all fairness perfect awesome thank you so much for coming back make sure you subscribe and follow the channel uh but yes get the fuck out of (laughs) here Notice how I'm like uh, I'm so desperate. It's such desperate days here on live streams on YouTube when you're talking about silly stuff like television shows. I'm, I like a new person. Please don't leave, sir. Please, please stay. Make sure you subscribe to me podcast, please. So, but yes, get the hell out of here. I don't want to. I don't want to be responsible for destroying this show for you, buddy. But uh, but yeah, I'll see. Hopefully, see you soon. And uh, make sure you leave a comment in the comment section. And also, if anyone has any questions or comments about only murders in the building, you can leave a voicemail at 781-990-8509. Again, that's 781-990-8509. You can leave a message 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can treat it like a drunk die line if you want to just talk and vent to somebody. It doesn't have to be about murders with the building. It can be only murders in the building. It can be about anything. I do appreciate it, though as i'm starting to wake up it's funny at the beginning of this show at the beginning of this episode even when it first started i'm like huh everybody is Phil, i'm here doing a podcast but now all of a sudden like the blood is rushing to my head i'm start the heat is kicking in i'm smelling hippie activities in the back room i'm starting to come through the fog of the last 24 hours of uh, smoking too much yesterday and i'm here to discuss this goddamn episode Exactly, exactly, Jesse. Leave now before I randomly start talking about Deep Space Nine. <laughs> Somehow bring up Deep Space Nine. Actually, this reminds me a lot of the murder mystery that Odo was trying to solve with uh, mixed with Ezri in Season 9. In Season 9? In Season 7. But let's not waste any more time. Let me get into this here right now. It's time. It's time to wake everyone up as much as I'm woken up. Here we go. Morning activity. It's time for, speaking of Star Trek... It's funny I'm such a ridiculous geek that such a Star Trek person in some ways that every episode here we do random stong, song, dongs. <laughs> I do a random dong every day it's and it, and it and it tastes delicious Now I'm I play some random songs <laughs> to lead us into segments. One of which, you know, we are intro segment. We have, uh, we, you know, we got we got this song right here. That's a, so important. So, so important stuff. You know, we got our shit buddy song. All all, of, all of that wonderful stuff. But the one I play the most, the recap song. Recap, recap. Listen, if anyone's curious about my, my Star Trek geekitude, and I know it's hard to uh, listen to horrible screaming lyrics sometimes, but listen to these lyrics for a second here. <laughs> ¶¶ Recap When I look around you, what do I see? Romulans and Klingons looking at me So yeah, it goes on like that, sitting in the captain's chair as I uh as I'm down for a breach, or down for the reach, I see a warp core breach. I head to Quark's bar for a motherfucking drink. I think those are the lyrics. So, to the point <laughs> that even within the song that I play every single episode, it's goddamn Star Trek related. So, so there we go. Th- that's it. The show is over. Talk to you guys next time. I just jumped around like an idiot for the first time, because usually... I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. I'll be, I'll be back. <laughs> Let me get your sunglasses. I, I must break you. <laughs> you are terminated. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper now. <laughs> you are, you are terminated. I love you, Terminator. Thank you so much for popping in. Please, I do not know where John Connor is. I know you're not that Terminator. I know you're the other t- j- Terminator. You're the good one. You're the good one. You're the one that's not messing with me. You're the one that's like, come, come with me if you want to live. You're that, you're that Terminator. You're my buddy. <laughs> Phil, you should totally be teaching kindergarten. Kids would have a blast learning with you. Funny enough, AK, that's part of what I do in my real-world activities. I go into elementary schools and daycares and summer camps, and I jump around and act like an idiot, and I take kids on an adventure. Basically I we have these like people have seen them before, those are, like wooden little wooden frog instruments. I get that little wooden frog guiro instrument and I take him on an adventure to find his daddy somewhere in the world. And then we uh play instruments in different songs and, and we go to different countries and every country you stop and you learn about a new musical instrument, like here we are in uh you know here we are in the farm. Let's learn about the washboard. And then you you walk around, yak you goofy. You're like, "Hey everybody!" Ooh ooh ooh. Speaking of Steve Martin, I've often been told, or that the people that have actually watched it, it comes off as a class slash standup comedy kind of thing. And it's very much I can tell the my my boss, the the guy who wrote the show, and I do a lot of improv on it too. But the main guy who wrote the class, the show, was definitely very influenced by Steve Martin's stand-up comedy. There's a very much a, "Hey everybody! I'm a loud and crazy guy." and besides everything else i think that's a big part of even before i did that but i think it's a big part of why i love steve martin so much i think steve martin as a performer in his whole life has been somebody that is able to walk a fine line between being completely stupid and intellectual humor there's a fine line that steve martin walks where he'll have this this like sardonic intellectual humor gear to him and then he has this gear uh like him and the jerk or his stand-up comedy or the like early steve martin or even sometimes in this show he's doing it like the dumb just being so fucking dumb in like an awesome way and i think in like owning it and being like so genuinely stupid the character one movie probably my favorite one of the list of all of steve martin's movies are incredible there's so many good ones from the man with two brains, the jerk I mentioned before, uh, Roxanne, even, you know. But one of my favorite and a sort of underrated movies starring him and Michael Caine is Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Excellent movie. Ec- like, excellent. One of my favorite comedic movies of Steve Martin. And part of, wh- and especially one of my favorite of his performances, because what he does in that role is combine both things into one. He shows you that intellectual sardonic humor, Steve Martin, that's all over the place and kind of scummy in a sense. Like, has this scumminess to him throughout, through, through, through the vibe, like very, very creep, not creepy, but scummy. and uh, And like a shit talker. Mixed with, there's a part in that movie where Michael Caine has him play stupid again. He's almost playing a character similar to his, similar to uh, other stupid characters he's played in his past. And it's good to see the wheels moving within his own body of playing those multiple parts. I think that's why a movie like Bullworth is so great. Because I think Eddie Murphy shares that similar talent skill set where Eddie Murphy can, even in that movie he plays two different characters at once you know the the strong confident Eddie and then the Eddie I'm stupid ah you know the, that Eddie that he can play so I think I think there is some a lot of uh creative similarities between uh the comedic tones of Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin I can see some and I, that's part of why bullworth is that not bullworth uh Bullworth's a different movie that's the that's the uh, Warren Beatty running for president movie. What is the What is the movie with uh, with with Eddie Murphy and Steve Martin? Bull something, whatever. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Where was the fra- frog's daddy? No, I need your clothes. No, Phil. John Connor must not live. You must live, Phil. You are the savior. You're like I'm the Bill and Ted of the future. You know, you're traveling. The Terminator's traveling back like Rufus to be like, Phil, your podcast is gonna ruin the world one day. I mean, save the world one day. But yeah, it is aka okay, it's a lot of fun. The company that I work for, which I won't name drop here just because they might not want any association to my podcast. Uh they do it in multiple cities. I believe there's somebody that does, there's somebody there's eight people that do it in Canada because that's where it originated from, both in French and in English. Someone in California, up in Northern California that does it. There's someone in in Austin, Texas, there's someone in Chicago, there's someone in Philadelphia, there's me in the Boston area, I believe there's someone in Florida that does it, there's someone in Mexico that does it in Spanish, there's, uh, there's, I believe, like, 15 to 20 of us around the country that, around the North America, North North America, South America, that, uh, that do it, the Americas, I believe there's someone in Brazil that does it, and, uh, in uh, Portuguese. Yeah. But uh, but I be- but I believe I believe I'd have to verify that I know with everything that's happened in the last year there's that those numbers have probably changed a little bit. But as of 2018, 19, there was uh, there was about 20 of us doing it around the world or around North America, South America. Um, Teo Teo, oh my god, I used to love it when artists like Phil would come to my school, I'm sure the kids love it. I mean, I do, I have a, like, a good, goofy energy. I joke to teachers sometimes when I'm talking in this bucket. I'm very similar Except instead of saying motherfucking chat and blah, 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 I'm saying golly gee. Ooh. Hello everybody, I'm Goofy. You know, like I'm doing weird, stupid voices and I'm saying golly gee, Wilkers. And whoa, my God, I'm a cow. I say moo. I taste great on the barbecue. You know, like, stupid shit like that. But ultimately, it's the same thing. The character that you, character, the people. This is the more genuine me. The When I'm sitting like trying to interact in real life with people, that's not really me. This goofy, wacky, wackadoo person, when I'm not really caring about what anyone else has to say or think, and I'm just staring at that bottle of vodka out of the corner of my side butthole eye, that's me. So this thing that i'm on the podcast and what the kids see is very similar i just few less colorful metaphors and instead i'm talking about goof gooftacular sort of stuff you know making disney voices having uh, everyone go oh. everyone say oh no you're home alone put your hands on your cheeks say oh no and then i say e- everyone say oh no joe pesci oh no joe pesci yeah yeah joe pesci's in home alone Steve Martin is all of the joy and genius of Robin Williams without the mania. He's got the balance down to his science. Absolutely. I think he has that kind of speed of intellect that Robin had, but Robin had, exactly, mania. And that's what I think separated Robin from almost any other performer in the history of the universe, is, that, is the way he was able to... Harvest that mania mixed with the quick mind, because I agree. I think Steve Martin has all the joy in the genius, and he presents that sort of joy. And I think Martin Short has something similar too. he's just he's just sillier in some ways, and I think Martin Short lives in the silly. That being said, Martin Short made me laugh more than anybody has in the series so far in a couple of lines in this episode i think comedic wise he's getting all the best stuff uh just funny wise in this series and i and i think steve martin is one of the people that created the show and wrote the show i think no one is a bigger martin short fan than steve martin you see it in the live show you see it in a lot of situations i think all of those guys of that generation look at martin short as the energizer bunny uh in robin too to a certain extent robin williams to a certain extent but martin short that's what martin short has that is equivalent to something that something that robin could have too, like that energy endless energy endless jokes aside you should make a terminated podcast i want to make a terminated po- i would love to do that i think joe and i when the walking dead is over with we'll be looking for other podcasts to do on sundays before our most recent break Back in January of 2020, we were doing movie series podcasts. I think we did the X-Men one, and we were were about to do a Spider-Man one, I think, too. So, I would love to do something and review the Terminator movies. I think I would have to do it in bursts, though. I don't think I could talk about all the Terminator movies in one shot. I think what I would do would be talk about... The first two Terminator movies first, then I would almost do a whole podcast on Terminator three alone in the mistake of why that never should have happened. Uh, And then or I don't know. I don't think I think in retrospect now Terminator three was was uh, I know I'm going on a rant here. I think Terminator three was a lot better than people could assume later on. I just think there were some missteps in it and it was sometimes a movie that maybe didn't need to happen 100% because the first two are so perfect in the way that they work with each other. I also think Terminator 3 suffered from Arnold not being able to get what he wanted, which was China, the uh, rest in peace wrestler China, uh, to be the, the Terminator in that situation, as much as I think the person that they cast in it did a okay job. I don't think she matched the intensity of Schwarzenegger or Robert Patrick in Terminator 2, whereas I think someone like China who... I think was an underrated talent in the wrestling wrestling industry and would have would have killed it in the role of a the new Terminator and would have seemed like more of an interesting challenge in that universe. And I know they didn't give it to her because of like drug reasons and some other stuff. So uh, but. I'm not exactly sure. I'd have to research it a little bit more before I did that. And then I do a podcast on everything after Terminator 3. Uh, so, But but I definitely generally have a enjoyment for all of the Terminator movies in their ways. I just feel like those first two movies are so much better than all the rest. There are only three Termin- Terminator movies. The rest are disappointing. See, because I do think the third movie is good. I don't think it's... I th- I think it's not... I think it's almost akin to The Godfather and I know people at Godfather 3 shit eh, it's not shit it's just not on the level of the first two it's I mean Sofia Coppola's acting in the third movie is horrible but I think the movie itself if you had paid Tom to be in the movie not Tom uh yeah uh the, the the lawyer. Uh, what's his name? Robert Duvall. If you had paid Robert Duvall instead of doing... What's his name from the 80s? The tan guy from the 80s. If you had had Winona Ryder instead of Sofia Coppola playing that part, it would have just been an okay movie, not on the level of the other two. And I feel like the first three Terminator movies are like that. Like, the first two movies are near perfect. Specul- spectaculars. The third movie is could have been better with some different casting and some adjustments a little bit. Also Claire Danes wasn't originally supposed to play that car- character. They play- had someone else that quit at the last minute and Claire Danes melted into that role without even like researching it. She did a decent enough job. The guy who played John Connor, I wish it was uh, what's his name from uh, the second movie. Uh, he, he he was going to do it but he dropped out too. There There was kind of a lot of almost in Terminator 3 that I think could have been better, but the rest of the movies are kind of horseshit. Anyways. China was physically built for it. I like Rise of Miss Means, especially with Dr. Silverman. If they haven't done a musical yet, they will probably find the killer then, the Secret Puppet Society. Jokes aside, you should make it. But Steve Martin is all the joys. But anyways, I wasted enough time right here. Let's get actually get into it. Thank you everyone. And uh, some people are like, where well, this is no this isn't murders in the building discussion. I know. If you guys are tuning in for the first time, I will obviously go through everything that happens in the episode, but I am a ranter, I'm a babbler, I can't help but go into many different directions. In many different stuff in on these episodes, it's hard to stay on topic sometimes. But I will get back into it, everyone. Here you go. Recap. <laughs> can you tell my neighbor downstairs isn't home? I'm like jumping up and down, jumping all around, and I'm uh, screaming my ass off. I can't wait till I get to my new place so I can actually start jumping around again. I feel claw. I feel like too tight. Eighty furlong. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Furlong. So only murders in the building twist. The saggy... Saggy Bottom balls. Bum 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 saggy bottom balls. But bum 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 bum. I'm messing up in the song, but there's uh or was it saggy booty balls? So it's a song that they start singing through this episode. There's a little song that goes through a lot of this episode. I'm a Soggy Bottom balls. That's what she called me. Bum 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 Saggy Bum Bum Bum. bum. And that's just a vic- That's just a credit to the silly little chemistry that the two of those guys get. Oh my goodness. Holy shit. The T-1000 is in here. Phil. Phil. Listen, Phil. Where's John Connor? I want to know where John fucking Connor is right fucking now. I love how we got the T-1000 and the Terminator in the same live chat at the same time. All I had to do is mention the Terminator. The T-1000 shows up there. Good morning, Phil Check Going to work only on episode two. Just wanted to say top of the morning to you all. Come with me if you want to live, Phil. Shit! I'm in big trouble right now. I've got the Terminator. I got T2 in the live chat that wants to fuck me up right now. But I got Arnold who's here wanting to save me. I'm going to come with you if I want to live. Fernandez T., thank you for popping on in here, buddy. Hope you have a good day at work. I look forward to when you finally uh, catch up and can join us in these live discussions because you are the man. We love you. We love you over here, Fernandez T., buddy. And, uh, and as I said, I might be taking a break around ep- not next week's episode, but the episode after that. So episode seven, maybe a week late. So it might give some people a chance to catch up. I know. Lucky for you, this isn't the TX. Otherwise, they'd be sending all those little nano robots through the computer screens and somehow be able to operate a vehicle from the internal metal of it all instead of pushing the lever. I'm not going to get into bashing Terminator Three right here. We'll, we'll save that for a different day. Ah, uh, or Rise of the Machines, or Terminus, Terminator, Gen- Genius, Genus, 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 Genus. Give me Genus okay so we pick up right after the episode came back about coming to new york we see the cliffhanger ending from the previous episode that sees mabel played by selena gomez being followed by the elusive tie-dye guy the man who ran into the building up to the fire exit the evening (laughs) mabel the one that messed with tie-dye guy going down the alley as he's as he is reciting a monologue we he, we see Mabel being followed as we hear we don't we're not sure who it is but it ends up being the guy that's behind her talking about Cheetos and the price of Mabel's jacket and how inflation's going on all over the place now she abruptly kind of like does a turnaround aria kind of move and she she pushes him to the ground grabs a freaking needle and gets ready to stab him in the fucking face oh fuck Oh fuck! Fuck the Fuck thee! Fuck! 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 First of all, Sto- Lady Stoneheart Kimmy G says Phil looks like a cat in a box, Haven. Mm. Pur, uh, Lady Stoneheart. I don't know why, but I'm reading your comment and going, pur and fernandez t you motherfucker i love you to death and i will take these all day long i very much appreciate it but i have to uh i guess i have to do a super chat so uh fernandez t wants to get me drunk at 11 o'clock in the morning but now it's it's better no better time than now let me one second Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Thank you, Fernandez T. I very much appreciate the Super Chat donation. As I've said before, these Super Chat donations help me out, especially right now that I'm sort of living living a uh, piece of popcorn to piece of popcorn right now for food. Super Chat donations help me more than I can ever express to you. So, Fernandez T., thank you so much. You're the best person who's played a lot. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I'm gonna keep playing along. I'm scared. I'm, sc- I'm scared. I-, I know how to play along, Mr. Terminator, because I know that we, you and me need to go and go find Miles Dyson and go fuck this dude up because we need to stop Judgment Day from happening. And I don't care. I don't care what T-1000 says over there and him trying to come and get me. I like his episode of The Walking Dead. I loved him as Danny Scatino on uh, The Sopranos. I really do. Danny Scatino, you're a very, very good guy, you know? You, you, you sold your kid's car because he cause he didn't wash it or he's off-roading, who actually is Matt from Nip Tuck. Um, I'm going down a rabbit hole right now, but I take a shot of vodka at 11 a.m. Give me a fucking break. But thank you. Thank you, Lady Stoneheart. I can't believe you did this early. Woo-hoo! Later, I really gotta go. I know. I'm sorry I did this so early in the day. Uh, or I can't believe you did it. Oh, did it early. I mean the drink. <laughs> I appreciate that, and uh, I appreciate your Super Chat donations, and I can't believe I did that either. It just means I'm going to be passed out in two hours. <laughs> I love this amazing energy at this early hour. You d- don't watch the beginning of the show. Do not. Because the, for the first five minutes of the show, I had energy but no skill. So I'm like... Hey, Every time I try to say a word, it didn't quite warm up yet. My, my, uh, my gears... And I'd say just in general right now, after... Honestly, in some ways, taking almost a year off of coming out here for you guys. I've been joining other people on their streams and stuff, but with the last year and living in this new place that's harder to stream and podcast, because I've always got some guy downstairs working that I never want to bother, it's difficult and there's been a lack of new shows and, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. So I feel like I'm still working off some of the rust and then I started to come back and my computer exploded. So now... Here I am. So I, I do feel like I'm working and sweating through the rust, so I appreciate the positive energy. I appreciate some new faces that we see in the live chat that throw some curveballs to me. Appreciate the live motherfucking super chats, and I very much appreciate Lady Stoner. Great. Now that I finally watched all the episodes, I missed the streams. It were or not, we're just starting, Alex. And I and I actually apologized to you early on. I was like, because I saw you post in the live chat that thank you for the reminder. Uh but but no, I j- literally just started the episode. All you missed was my foreplay and a Terminator discussion. Really, basically, all, basically all you missed at this point. We haven't got into breaking down the episode yet. Not if I terminate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get Phil today, but if not today, maybe tomorrow. Listen, T1000. Listen, buddy. Listen, Danny Scatino. Just get in your truck and drive to uh drive across the country. I get the Terminators after me in the live chat. See, that's why you guys in the chat need to protect me. We get the Terminators after me. You gotta warn me. We're turning into a horrible situation here where I'm gonna get murdered. But but so here we go. Let's go. Judgment Day is inevitable. Jordy, <laughs> shh. Don't tell the machines that. They don't know that. Okay, so we uh we get this. Voice over from Tie-Dye Guy, Mabel is not one to be messed with. She does her little aria move and she takes down Tie-Dye Guy. She gets on top of him and she says, I'm going to bring you down to the bone. And as I mentioned earlier, I think some of that stuff is supposed to be giving you slight litterings of information that the murderer could be Mabel. Because look, she has that in her, but I still don't think it's Mabel. No fucking way. So we flash over to Martin and Martin in an elevator talking about how Mabel is sketchy. And is she or she not the killer? I've talked about these since the beginning of episode one. They do an excellent job of setting up these two characters to do business. I know Steve Martin is the show producer. He doesn't write every episode. I was incorrect about that. But he does have his hand. I think he's one of the showrunners slash executive producers created by Steve Martin kind of thing. So... I don't know if some of the scripts are just Steve Martin and Martin Short go into an elevator and banter, or they actually write some of this stuff out, because they're just so fucking hilarious with each other when they go back and forth. When they start, one of them calls each other a simpleton, and they have, uh, they just have more fun banter. I'm not gonna try to recreate every moment of banter between the two of them, but they have an excellent balance. Both characters and their personalities as the actors and within the characters of Steve Martin's character... Brazos hasn't seen many people in years, has isolated himself over the last 10 years since he's fallen out of his relationship, which I can fucking relate to. Uh Sometimes when you get out of a relationship in a big, glorious way, you're almost embarrassed by it more than you're missing the person and you want to hide yourself and not show your face and have to admit to what you went through. I mean, again, part of that in my situation, I don't mean to make everything about me, but this is my show. Uh that's how I felt when my 10-year marriage broke up, you know, and I'm not, and Brazos was in a different kind of situation, but he was involved with this girl, probably telling everyone I have a daughter, I have, you know, someone I care about, you know, not a daughter, a stepdaughter, I'm living, like really proud of that, putting himself out there socially, and then when you get, in his mind, blindsided, or I was going to say screwed over, but blindsided by a breakup or a big loss like that, instead of necessarily dealing with it in an eternal way, sometimes you just, you're worried about what everyone the fucking around you is going to stink. You like to, th- I like to think I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't. You know, I want people to like me. I want people to like my entertainment. But really, when it comes down to what's going on in my life, I don't care. Fuck them. But I do. Especially your friends and family that just came to a wedding two years ago or something. Or you just, you're having them come to your house and make eggs and you're telling them all about your little friend. Like the dude, uh, dude in the hallway that comes up to and goes, oh, uh, have you, uh, have you talked to, what's her name lately? You know, you- I still smell those, still smell those, uh, eggs you make for her. You know, it reminds me of her. It can be very embarrassing, and I think Steve Martin's, the character, Brazos' character, is very much like, I don't even want to put myself in the position where people can hurt me again, where anyone could hurt me, and that mixed with Martin Shore being broke ass and doing everything to try to save money to be able to stay in his apartment and try to turn it all into a movie or a show or the podcast to try to make money off of it— are funny ongoing themes that get pushed through it. And we don't just get trapped in the fact that, oh, we got Martin Short and Steve Martin here. Let's have them have comedy based on Martin Short and Steve Martin. Like, there's elements where you feel like maybe these two characters should know each other more, but they don't bathe too much in that. They make it seem like they are somewhat strangers, where Martin Short says, I know you haven't talked to people in several years, but, you know, this is what you do. So, I enjoy that back and forth that they have between them that creates chemistry, not just between the actors, but between the characters. I think sometimes when you deal with shows like this, excuse me, mm. ooh, burping vodka. <laughs> Thank God Fernandez left. I, can't, I don't think I could deal with another super chat. Uh, I, I would be straight up drunk. But I, I like sh- shows sometimes can base themselves, especially comedies, and after a while goes on on a show, can base themselves on the chemistry that the actors have, not always the chemistry that the characters have. And I feel like that's something that is underrated in a lot of shows. Comedy or not? I think part of what I love so much about Star Trek Deep Space Nine is Star Trek Deep Space Nine did not hesitate to put not just actors that had chemistry together, characters that had chemistry. Does it work out all the time? No. but. Like, Andrew Robinson and the actor that plays Julian Bashir, Alexander Siddick, have extremely great chemistry. So, they put the actors together because the characters and the actors have great chemistry. The character of Garrick and Odo don't necessarily have chemistry as, I mean, or the actors don't necessarily have natural chemistry in the same way, uh, Roger, Obendouin, and uh, Andrew Robinson. But the The character of Garrick being a liar and the character of Odo being someone that's constantly questing for the truth have excellent chemistry. So the idea of putting the two of them in an episode together for a two-parter really helped sell the show. In this show, Steve Martin and Martin Short naturally have exceptional chemistry. They've been working on stage shows for years. They know each other. They rag on each other. They understand each other's comedic timing in a level that some other performers just couldn't possibly understand without the repetition of the time of spending, spending with each other. It's like playing John Franchante and Flea, playing guitar and bass together. They just know each other, you know? But, or Paul McCartney and George Harrison, or whatever. The But in the show, the way they write it they write it more as a awkward interactions between, between Oliver and Brazos. I know his character's not named Brazos, but, but between the two of them. And that makes the show world, even if it's an outrageous world, feel a little bit more real. The same with the interaction that Selena Gomez's character had with Tie-Dye Guy in this episode. It felt like a real friendship. He felt like he made sense to what we know about her within her chemistry and with her interactions with her other friends that were all the Hardy Boys. He is a Hardy Boy, too. He is a mystery solver, too. So at some point in time in the episode, when we get to a point where Mabel is missing something because she's too emotionally involved in the situation, he's able to look at it from a more tactical standpoint and rip things apart because he's a fucking Hardy Boy, too. And the way I'm talking with the fucking, that's also a language thing in this series. They have a very much a I don't give a fuck in the tone of which they say and in the style of which that they depict the dialogue, and I love that. That to me is the biggest strong point of this show, that character chemistry. Not necessarily even this murder mystery, which is fun, and I like coming out here and analyzing who it could possibly be, what's going on. But what makes this show fun to watch, for me anyways, is the... Character chemistry that we have on screen. Jesse says, "Mabel decide to not to go after the killer on her, go after the killer on her own, not the kill." Exactly, exactly, Jesse. I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> you should do a Terminator puppet show, <laughs> Lady Stoneheart. I love seeing you. I love seeing you back too. I love seeing you back. No, you should do a Terminator puppet show. I, I should absolutely do a. <laughs> t- Hello, <laughs> come with me if you want to live. <laughs> I might need to have, uh, if we do that Terminator show, we might need to have Terminator and T2 leave us some voicemail. Uh, <laughs> Mabel, but yes, absolutely, Jesse. Mabel's going after the killer. I I feel like it's, and I'm reading some articles about this that like to kind of bash the tennis ball around. I feel like any leading towards Mabel or any of our three, Mabel being a killer is completely um. Uh, falsified I don't think Mabel is a killer at all but I do think it's interesting that from the first moment of episode one they want us to believe that it could be her because the, what's the first thing we see from Mabel in the very first episode her stabbing the fuck out of some guy in her fantasies so now they had one shot right. that but uh, so I feel like from from step one they've been trying to show us that it could potentially be Mabel and by that definition, I think there's no fucking way it's Mabel. No, Mabel. I'm gonna go back in time and cast Ruby Rose in Terminator 3. Uh early stream. Iron Throne, I love Iron Throne in the live chat. AK she was a beast in that new movie. Tony fucking pajamas! Tony Pajamas. Tony Pajamas. da. When I knew some pajamas. <laughs> Woo! Tony Pajamas! Sorry, I get very excited when I see Tony Pajamas in my chat. One of my favorite screen names of all time. And I owed uh, somebody that for the Super Chat donation too. Fernandez T, you deserved a little drum fun as well. And finally it's not the middle of the, (laughs) finally there's not someone working downstairs I can play a drum during the day. Okay, so uh, T1000, hey Phil, I'm Joe. (laughs) I'm Joe, why don't you come by later? Be careful, Phil, the T1000 can mimic voices. Joe Dirtylocks, do You wanna you wanna smoke later, buddy? Uh, oh, Joe, I didn't know you had a second second uh, screen name. So, oh shit, fucking fake T two, <laughs> sketchy bastard. So, anyways, as we flash over to Martin, and Martin, they think she's she's uh she's sketchy as shit. They have fun banter. The alteration between Mabel and the. Tie-Dye Guy is very similar to the nightmare she has in episode one, stabbing a man to death. Mabel has a dark side, and we're seeing more glimpses of it. However, in a surprise, not a surprise, Mabel stops in her tracks in a very funny interactive scene with Tie-Dye Guy as a very familiar face. Tie-Dye Guy is Oscar. From now on, I'll try to refer to him as Oscar, played by the actor Aaron Dominguez, who has just got out of jail, serving 10-year sentence for a crime that we don't know what it is yet exactly, but we are left to assume that he was convicted of attempted murder or, or uh, I mean, 10 years for, for murder. Rap is a little weird. Maybe holding evidence. Maybe, I don't know. We'll have to see what exactly he got sent to jail for. Maybe, maybe involuntary manslaughter or something that his lawyer was able to say or something that he slipped and pushed her off the bill. I don't know. I'm not sure what. I don't even know if it has to do with Zoe's murder. Uh, In fairness, I'm speculating a lot right now. (laughs) Hey, we got Jay. We got SM down in the live chat. One of our favorite buddies. One of our long-term viewers and callers. So lots of love to Jay in the live chat. Tony Pajamas, you're very, very welcome, my friend. I'm glad to tap a little, do a little tappy-tappy for you. popping in the live chat. And here's one more. For Fernandez T, thank you for that super chat donation, Fernandez T. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, son. How about San. son. <laughs> cabs are here. Oh, sorry. I'm going to lose so many viewers from just saying the cabs are here because the people that actually, the people that know what I just referenced are going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. We've liked you up until that point, Phil, but you just said the cabs are here. I'm feeling drunk in the afternoon and douchey, so I can't help but say something like that. Cabs are here. So we head for the mission, uh, and Oscar says he's coming. And then Martin Short tells a story about <laughs> wait, wait. However, it's surprising and did not commit. So we're heading out on the mission, and then Martin Short and Steve Martin are going to follow along. And they tell a story about having. Uh, <laughs> tells a story, and Steve Martin turns over. Don't tell that story. I don't give a crap. But then uh, Martin Short has a car. It's like this ridiculous looking car that rolls around, and and we're gonna not we're not gonna stand out by by standing out. Okay, so tie-dye guy being the main suspect leading into this episode, uh, search for Tim's killer, and Oscar has a very convenient explanation to why he was in the building at the time of Tim's death. He insists the reason he was heading up the stairs that evening instead of looking for everyone was he was looking for Mabel. But in a sense, we find out he's lying later, where he says he was heading heading up to Tim's house to fuck him up a little bit, but we'll get into that in a second. Now, Oliver and Martin Short suspects Mabel is a serial killer and he's making notes for the podcast. Only Murders in the building while Charles, Brazos, is trying to keep a level head, believing Mabel must have a reasonable explanation for lying. They decide to follow Oscar and Mabel as who are heading to Shore Road in New Jersey. Now, Steve Martin hiding, uh maybe that's why I said cabs here indirectly. Kazaha! Kazaha! I know. Terminate actually the t- T800 and T1000 just decided to join together to murder me for the jersey shore reference. <laughs> so I love you guys in the chat. Thank you so much for making honestly making uh giving me some of the most entertaining days I I can have getting to babble to you guys. So Thank you. You guys are awesome and have uh, and they're really starting to uh, cheer me up where I am right now. So I, I very much appreciate being back into this rhythm. I've missed you all so much. So Steve Martin is hiding, uh being hilarious physical comedy, trying to follow trying to follow the Camry. Oh yeah, Steve Martin I'm sorry, Steve Martin's like trying to uh trying to hide from the car and he's hiding behind this woman, like doing a boop boop boop. And even Steve Martin as his age right now is one of the funniest physical comedians of all time. I would say That's the one point which Steve Martin is an amazing physical comic. He's always been, "Ah," you know, like throwing his arms around going crazy. I would say he's probably, this is the only time I would say Steve Martin's not as good as other people. I would say on, if we're bringing up the three amigos, he would be number three on the list of physical comedians on that list to me. Steve Martin's more of a wordy head comedian that uses physical comedy where Martin Short and Chevy Chase uh, are both naturally physical first words second I think Chevy in some of his early roles douchebag on, douchebag or not Chevy Chase and physical comedy are like hand to hand to glove right there and uh, but I do in general love Steve Martin more and I think Martin shorts physical physicality is what makes Martin short Martin short but Steve Martin's always been really good with with angles you know and and uh in in using the most of what he has <laughs> phil is a resistance in the leader <laughs> i love how t2 and t1000 are joining together to kill me so uh so steve martin they're talking about a car now uh martin short catches up to him and he makes steve martin drive cuz his license has been expired for 25 years they also find a 25 year old jelly bean that he eats now back to the other two and Mabel probes Oscar and what he was doing, and he asks if he heard about Tim. Yes, he was there that night. Uh, he, oh, and she's like, oh shit, you're a tie dye guy. Now Mabel believes Tim was heading to visit a jeweler named. Oh, Mabel believes that Tim was heading to to visit a jeweler named Gus Montrose, but Oscar believes that Tim may have been en route to see a tattoo artist, and we see his part of the crew, uh, the Hardy Boys boys thing. This is what I was saying earlier. He kind of figures things out. Now. This just happens to be Mabel's cousin, Gustavo Tavo Mora, played by Esteban Benito. The owner of the Tattoo Parlor is on Shore Road in Long Island. Oh my god. So, after Martin and Martin talk some more business about going to Long Island, a very humor, soggy bottom balls, the soggy soggy bottom balls song. Got some soggy bottom balls. I got some soggy bottom balls. Oh my goodness, Jesse! Jesse, you're fucking me up here, Jesse! Jesse, here, buy some air, you dirty fucking hippie! Listen, hippie. Listen, hippie, you need to smoke some greeneries! I know, I haven't smoked greenery yet. Someone said earlier, where's this energy coming from? I think party energy is me not smoking. <laughs> but huge toast to Jesse. Thank you, Jesse, so much for your super chat. I'm taking smaller shots because... I'm just fucked up. <laughs> because, again, it's not noon yet. It's 11.20, 20 minutes after the last one, so... But no, here we go. Thank you so much for the Super Chat donations. Seriously, I say it all over, the, all every single time, but I can't say it enough. Super Chats mean more than you fucking know. So thank you so much. hmm. Time for a little, more, one more musical interlude. You get down. Sorry if that was, oh, I have no concept of loudness, so sorry if that was ridiculously loud, everybody. But thank you so much, Jesse, for the Super Chat donation. Everyone gets a little prize for giving a Super Chat, whether it's getting me a little drunk, some drum goofy funness, or some other loud obnoxious sounds. As soon as we get back into the new place, I'll get the wheel back up. And what we do is when we get lucky enough to get Super Chat donations, I spin the wheel and wherever it lands, you get that prize. But for now, it's just getting me drunk and maybe playing some ridiculous drum stuff. Definitely call it. Phil is gonna be a belter, but he's not on with uh with Marco. I know this is uh we're talking about uh talking about some uh you getting me drunk to go uh get back to my rewatch of the Expanse after this. That's why that's why that's why you get me drunk. I I know I know you motherfuckers. <laughs> you guys. Oh, we love hearing you talk about the show, but Phil, catch the fuck up on the Expanse already. Yes, yeah, son of a fuck. Okay, so we get a couple of uh, a funny song between Martin and Martin about soggy bottom balls. (laughs) I loved it. Uh, Yes, so then we get a flashback to the night of him visiting her and asking how they missed each other on the stairs. Oh yeah, we uh, Oscar and Mabel talk more, and she's wondering how he missed how she missed him on the stairs, and he's like, "Oh, maybe you didn't see me, just like you didn't see me here." And uh, she says something. She says a very important line, but I think again it's a throwaway red herring of a line where she says i've always wanted to murder somebody with a needle <laughs> i did figure out the play it doesn't mean not to do it more at this point now i've had two shots at 11am it's like i got to go all in now if i don't keep drinking now i'm just like it's like what the fuck am i doing i need to go to i don't have a i don't have a dog right now i don't have to start fully packing till next week is when i have to do my last packing of my final stuff uh, it's not quite warm enough out to, like, go outside or do anything, and, and I worked so much in the last three weeks that I have the next couple of weeks, because I took them off, leading into moving stuff, free, so I really don't have anything to do today, so, so I, I guess this is a perfect afternoon to get a little drunk. Literally, the next thing I need to do is show up on Tony's stream tomorrow night at 6.30. Other than that, there's nothing else I need to do. So we see a flashback to that night of him trying to visit her and asked how they missed each other. And she says she always wanted to murder someone with a needle. Then we see Oscar ask if one of the cops, she says, he says, "Uh, I've seen you with those two cop dudes. And she's like, oh, yeah. And then he goes, is one of those cop dudes Brazos? I love it how everyone in this world recognizes Brazos to a certain extent. The two guys that picked them up hitchhiking who had the podcast kind of remembered him too. I mean, I guess if... I guess if we if I saw Matt Locke or Columbo or something, I would know him. But I I appreciate that because television in that age, this is one of those weird things about TV movie type stuff that people don't always associate with. Um, And I think part of the reason why you get celebrities of a different age on television shows are more popular to different older generations, whereas it's a little bit more fragmented, the younger you get because of the way that entertainment is is engulfed these days this isn't a back in my day I rocked. I walked to television and seven seven things of snow a little bit but I just mean in the sense of just facts of the way mass media was cons- consumed at that point in the 80s early 90s there were very few networks cable tv was uh, in a pre-Oz Sopranos world and even a pre-24 or Lost Heroes world you had Long-form storytelling was basically just in soap operas. Television shows that even got canceled had the ratings of top successes now because you only had a handful of channels for people to watch. So a show that was number seven in 1980 or something had more viewers than number one shows now because so many eyes and viewers were on those particular shows. That's why I feel like numbers like The M.A.S.H., Season finale or the Cheers season finales, numbers like that aren't going to be matched quite as easily because in that age, more people were just watching those shows. Unless you're getting invent TV, like something like the Super Bowl or music award shows or... Excuse me. Some of those live live stage shows, if they ever did like a huge one that everyone wanted to watch, I think are the only times you could get numbers like that anymore. But even that, it's a different kind of numbers. So everyone knows Brazos because he comes from a different age of television, where anyone that was alive in that age at 10 o'clock on a Friday night would turn on Bravo. Brazos. So everyone knows him. Like probably getting like 60 million 60 million views of an episode or whatever it was. But I'm exaggerating numbers, but it is true of that age that the shows that even weren't as popular. I remember the first time realizing something like that, where a show I was way into in the early 2000s got canceled because it was getting, and it was getting so many millions of viewers. And I'm like, you know, whatever. Matlock was my intro outro to Law & Order of all the cop and drama shows. You didn't show up, so I gave up. Wait, you two decided to terminate him with TX is here too? Listen, TX, you're looking pretty nice, but you're not China. I'm not afraid of you, TX. You and your freaking nano robots. I used to work with this guy that wrote a song. God's never gonna forget the fucking nano robots. Robots, robots. They're gonna crawl inside, rip you from within. Nano robots are going for the win. God's never gonna forget the fucking nano robots. I'm totally not making that up. Like, I'd love to say I was making up that song. Like, I'm just making it up because I saw T- TX in the live chat, and I'm fucking scared now because I've been shit talking T X all day, and now she's fucking in the chat. She can send those nano robots right through the phone line. I used to work with this guy Frank that uh, would make up the nano that had a whole uh, recorded. It was almost like he was a proto Jack Black kind of stuff with some of his songs, and he uh, he had a song called uh, <laughs> Nano Robots. TX, maybe a fucking plasma attack will change your mind, bastard. Exactly. Everyone watched Hill Street Blues in my house. Hill Street Blues was a fucking incredibly popular show at the time. Uh, what was that lawyer? Sh- LA Law. I want to say LA Law had like hundreds of millions of viewers or something. Some disgusting number. Fuck. Damn. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm uneasy right now because TX is in the live chat. Fucking TX. I've been literally talking shit about her for three hours here. Not literally three hours an hour and ten minutes i've been talking shit about tx i think i only ever saw a few episodes of that one in the heat of the night was the big one with my parents whatever it was back in just now i'm gonna go down a list of uh 80s shows heart to heart uh 80s detective shows as much as superhero shows are a thing now television detective shows or lawyer shows were a big deal back then whether it be uh murder she wrote it was obviously a huge one uh, pushing a channel, YouTube channel, pushing daisies does amazing breakdowns of uh, of um, Murder She Wrote episodes. But Murder She Wrote's a big one of that. Matlock, Columbo, Kojak. Uh, I mean, and I feel like I'm missing some heart to heart, Jake and the Fat Man, all these like detective kind of shows that existed. Uh, Mannix, I maybe mean, that one too. I don't know. Hey, hey we got to. We love you, Jay. I love you in the live chat, Jay. I'll turn into Joe and come to your doorstep. Can you turn back to you first and can we have a little fun before you kill me? I'm a lonely guy, TX. Come, Come to my house. Pushing up Rose. Yeah, she is awesome. I connected with. Thank you. Pu- is did I say pushing up daisies? Pushing. She is aw- She is awesome. I w- I got connected with her watching her Justice League Unlimited and Justice League, uh, Batman animated series stuff, and then led into watching, watching other stuff in the heat of the night. It's another one. Lots of great shows that time. And I feel like this. Sh- I talked about this last week. This show brings back a feel of that by having Brazos be a thing and then also just the feel of those kind of TV shows a more light-hearted murder mystery kind of aspect of it but yeah pushing up roses she's awesome I'd love to do a podcast with her at some point in time if you go in her live chat tell her Phil sent you <laughs> that old school thing if you go in someone's live chat that I talk about or uh, or a uh, comment section tell him Phil the issues guy I sent you okay so Oliver is reads a Martin Short's there's a whole situation where Steve Martin says that he uh, I, he didn't remember this happening ten years ago. They find out about about what happened to him uh, happened to Oscar ten years ago, and Martin Short's character is like, "You didn't hear about this? I kind of remember this hearing about this in the building." Steve Martin's like, "No, no, no. I guess those were the time periods when I was on pregnazone and I gained fifty pounds and I just isolated myself." Anyone who's ever taken pregnazone, I have. I had to take it once because I got some insect bites on this, on my on the side. I like I was in a play that was outside, and it was at one point in the play where I had to spray a glass of wa- spray a bottle of water in my face, fall on the ground, and convulse. The play was called The Complete Works of William Shakespeare Abridged. It was basically you went through the whole catalog of Shakespeare stuff in a very comedic, over the top, whose line is in any kind of way. And there was a part in Hamlet where you're like, "Kill yourself," and I spray a bottle of water, kill myself, roll around in the ground. I rolled around in a, uh, in a, in a, in a, uh, thing of red ants and it like bit me all at my side. So I had all, and I'm allergic to insect bites. If you're ever around me and I get stung by a bee, take me to the hospital cause I don't have a shot. But anyways, so I ended up having all these insect bites on me and they tried everything. They couldn't get them on. So they put me on pregnozone. and I went on zone and no shit. My face turned into, I looked like, I looked like a, uh, Fandom D Saint wanted to collect me because I looked like a bobblehead. My head got so freaking huge and my cheeks just went out. And maybe not everyone has that effect on zone, but I got, I got, I got. Jerry Lewisy, I think that's how they describe it on The Sopranos when Adriana takes it. They're like, you know, you'll get that thing in your face to make you look like Jerry Lewis at the end of his life. That fucking happened to me. My face got huge. I was dating this girl, different girl, not my ex-wife, my, my ex-girlfriend, Stephanie. Dating this girl, Stephanie. I just ruined that whole relationship. Like, I had a big head. <laughs> and I was dick. I was I was so roided up. <laughs> my personality changed. So, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, PregnaZone's a son of a bitch. We, well, we have to go be, we have to go now. We'll be back. We'll be we'll be back. Thank you so much Terminators. I very much appreciate all of your uh, all of your fun today, and I hope I get to see you guys again in the live chat. You guys have been amazing today. Uh <laughs> in the heat of the night, yeah, moonlighting. Moonlighting which was the star vehicle of Bruce Willis. Leading up to getting Die Hard, people die hard. People didn't want to give Bruce Willis that part because of so much of what he was doing was moonlighting. Moonlighting with him and Sybil Shepard. Uh, underrated movie with Sybil Shepard, if you haven't seen it. It's a romantic movie, but it, it's, what's it called? Uh, it's with her and Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. plays a character early that dies, and he, chances are, underrated love story kind of movie with Robert Downey and uh, and and Sybil Shepard. But that that came out similar. It was her star-making vehicle from, from moonlighting at around the same time that Bruce Willis did Die Hard, but obviously it worked different for Bruce Willis. But at the time, Sybil Shepard was, they were A and 1A in the television landscape. Um, So Oliver reads and sees, we see the picture of Steve Martin being fat. And it's just great seeing these two make fun of each other. And he keeps calling and it finally goes through. Oliver doesn't want to fill his gas tank up. He only fills it a little bit because he's so fucking poor. But his car dies. And he's recognized again by two guys that end up picking them up. Now, we get a couple of things to get a point that uh maybe maybe there's a little bit of a romantic thing going on between between um Mabel and Oscar. There is Oscar asks her if she has a boyfriend essentially, and they they flirt a little bit, and it's very, uh it's very cute. And uh, we get. We get them going into a, a convenience store where she plays a joke, and she get she goes all leisure suit, Larry, and she's like, "Can I get some lube and some condoms?" Just to make Oscar feel uncomfortable, and uh, Oscar's very much like, "Dude, I've been in jail for ten years. I haven't been around a girl. Can we go somewhere?" <laughs> he's kind of giving that vibe. He's like, "He's like, dude, I don't want to be, you know, weird or anything, but it's been ten years. I haven't been with a girl. You're looking kind of good, Selena Gomez." Um, you, you think we can go somewhere? <laughs> and what's funny, or not funny, is she's like, I'm not against that. But we need to figure out this murder first. And he's like, okay. We'll figure out the murder first before I get some Gomez. So then we have a great interaction about the car. These dudes are like, we'll help you. And then they say that they have a podcast. This is a funny moment where they're like, yeah, hey, we have a podcast. Martin it's like, oh, that's very nice. You have a You're a podcast. And kind of ignores them. And then they say, yeah, we got 60,000 subs. And they already sold their podcasts. So I think it's foreshadowing to to what we see eventually in the flash forward in the other episode about the podcast being sold to them that this is sort of the the breadcrumbs to them selling their podcast to Cynthia Kanan or whatever her name is. AK, okay, I couldn't forget that when I irreparably fell in love with Bruce. So many people fell in love with that that Bruce Willis. I mean, Bruce Willis, in those early in he was, he was witty. He was unlike anything you'd ever seen on television at that point. I wasn't surprised that a generation of women fell in love with Bruce Willis in in Moonlighting because he was unique for that kind of show. And the way that they had that was like Hepburn and Tracy, like, like those kind of like interaction and that arguing going back and forth. Nobody did that like they did. Maybe Sam and Diane on chairs, but I would say of that era... The two best, I beside you got Sam and Diane, and you got uh, and you got moon the moonlighting couple, and they are the best since Ralph Cramden and Alice and Alice on uh, Honeymooners for like a couple arguing. But again, it's different on the Honeymooners because it's. A lot of what made that exciting was will they get together? And once moonlighting, once they did get together, there was really nowhere to go in the series. It's similar on your Frasier, like when Cheers and not where Cheers and Niles. When uh, Niles and um, Daphne get together, it kind of you lose a little bit of the series. And I think on moonlighting, once they got got together, you lost a little bit of the heat on the fastball of the series. I was gonna say the ball? Where's Joe? Uh, I know, we're talking about see you later, TX. Honestly, Terminators, you guys made today even more fun than it had to be, so thank you guys for uh, for joining in the discussion and having a lot of uh, good, good-natured entertainment fun, my Terminator friends. Um, okay, so uh, they're driving through, and they find out that these dudes have 60,000 subs on their podcast, and suddenly Martin Short's like, oh. Can we be our friend? <laughs> and so they're in a, some shady section of Long Island. Uh, Steve Martin's like, this is Long Island? Dude is like, yeah. Um. Oh, and we get some talk about them talking about Mabel. Should Mabel be trusted? No, she's a sweet girl. And then they make some reference to her being like mistletoe. It looks nice. It can lead into a kiss. But if you eat it, it can kill you. Which is, which almost is associated to the Michelle Pfeiffer and Michael Keaton discussion. Um... Mistletoe is deadly if you eat it. A kiss is even deadlier if you mean it. I can't believe I pulled that. I can't believe I pulled that quote out of my brain brain stem. But yeah, that's the quote. Now, it's not quite clear why Oscar was in prison. He just wants some ice cream and some girl time. And come on. How can you blame it? She's on the hunt, needs some answers, but all of the clues so far suggest that he was wrongfully convicted of pushing Zoe out of the Arconia at 2010. He gives Mabel a big spiel about wanting to stay out of trouble, but ends up following her into the tattoo parlor and meets Charles and Oliver for the first time. Charles confronts Mabel on why she lied about Knowing Tim Kono, it's a fun interaction between the two of them, and even feels brave enough to accuse Oscar of being with Tim Kono the night he died. Mabel jumps to Oscar's defense, insisting he was on the way up the stage to visit her, but Oscar says, actually, I'm lying. I was uh, on my way to see Tim Kono and fuck him up. Now, Oscar does have a major crusher on her. It's kind of obvious. We also see he's very excited to meeting, for meeting Brava Brazos. And because he's watched him all the time in prison. The prison library had DVDs of Brazos. Now, this was the line that made me laugh harder than anything in the entire episode. Uh, Oscar comes over with uh, with the ice cream. And Oliver is like going, you know, Oliver being that we've set up as poor and needs to eat any opportunity he has. And looks for any opportunity for free food. Turns and goes, oh, you have ice cream. Okay, can I have one of those ice creams? What flavors do you have? And Oliver goes to, oh, I have, uh, I have vegan oil mint in this thing, and, and, uh, he starts mentioning all these, like, all natural, sort of, like, modern day ice cream flavors. You know, I have, uh, I have pomegranates oil crunch. (laughs) And Martin Short goes, without missing a beat, on beat, goes, when did ice creams become hand lotions? Fucking millennials. I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but it literally made me spit out my fucking breakfast and I laughed my ass off. Just the timing of the line, the one off, almost similar to the text messaging thing that we got earlier in the season with Steve Martin uh, being like writing this like form letter to Selena Gomez's character in text message form. Just really great stuff and uh, just really great sort of referential humor that I, I can't get enough of those kind of things. He confesses that, uh, Oscar confesses that he was going up to Tim's apartment that night to maybe fuck him up a little bit, but not to kill him. He insists that when he got to Tim's door, he heard a gunshot and he ran off in fear. Now, as the episode comes to an end, Mabel's cousin Tavo, who we get a funny interaction between, excuse me, Steve Martin's character. Excuse me, I feel like I have to burp, but I can't. When he overhears Tim died, he goes, Tim died? Whoa, well, I gotta tell you about that. And reveals that Tim was once going to be murdered as he was trying to take down a black market jewelry dealer named Angel. He calls this dude as Martin Short gets brain freeze. Oh yeah, we get the the brain freeze thing when Martin Short eats the ice cream too much. And then Oscar's like, fits right into the chemistry. He's like, take your finger and push it in your mouth like that. I don't know if that works. Now, Charles and Oliver initially find it hard to believe that lonely investment banker would be interested in dealing with jewelry on the black market until Mabel reveals a bag full of jewelry as she uncovered from Tim's apartment as this case is starting to come together as she empties them onto the table the episode comes to a close our crime solving trio just one step closer to falling to solving this murder and tie-dye guy is joining the team and that's the end of our episode of only murders in the building now who are our new suspects this guy Angel New suspect thrown into the ring. Possibly have some sort of association with our stuff. I don't think so. I don't think it's Angel. Again, I think this is just going to be another thing to lead to another thing. I think Angel's offense for someone bigger that might have caused this problem That is going to be someone that lives in the building. There's someone that lives in the building that has some sort of mafia or criminal underworld ties that are associated. I do think the jewelry is a big factor of the death. I think the jewelry, I think the ring that she got in the mail was not an engagement ring. It was a ring to associate to some of this stolen jewelry situation. Also, is Oscar tie-dye guy a suspect? No. I think Oscar, I think Oscar's ruled out at the end of this episode. I don't think he's coming off as a murderer. I could be wrong, but I definitely, I had initially leading into this episode, thought it might be tie-dye tie-dye guy, but I think everything that's been dictated in this episode rules Oscar out. Mabel continues to be a moderate suspect, but I still, to this point, don't think Mabel, I don't think any of the three characters are going to be. And the reasoning why I don't think any of the three characters are going to be our killer is stupid. My reasoning is stupid. It's There's going to be a season two somehow of this show. And I don't think one of our killers is going to be one of our main characters. Maybe there isn't. Maybe they're planning this all to be a one and done kind of thing like *Mayor of Easttown. And I know a lot of us are hoping that Mare of Easttown gets a second season. And I know there's been a lot of people that have opened open for that. But some shows Queen's Gambit for instance or something are just single singular seasons. Maybe this is just a singular season and everything is out. But it's hard for me to imagine that. I think it's almost too obvious for it to be to any to be Selena Gomez's character. I said that a lot earlier that I think seeing how comfortable she is with murder and violence and stuff is only A way of physically distracting us. Mentally distracting us from who it possibly could be. I think if it's any one of the three of our main characters. It's Steve Martin. If any of the three. And I'll say it again. If any of the three are the murderer. It's Brazos. The other two are innocent. Brazos still comes off to me slightly shady. And whether that's because of his Steve Martin playing a character. That hasn't been around a lot of people. Or it's something more deep and potentially dangerous is all left to be deciphered. But for now, I think it's something I've said it earlier. I'll say it at every episode. Oh, everybody. It's goofy. No goofy. I think it is somebody that we don't that. I think it's something that we haven't quite decided figured out yet, but the clues for who or what it could be have been littered over each one of these episodes. To the point that in the final episode, when we hear it, we're going to get an aha uh-huh kind of moment. That's what I think. Here we go. We got a voicemail. We got our first voicemail of the day from our good buddy Jay. Let's see what Jay has to say. Let's, let's see where I got something wrong. Hey,
1: Phil. How do you know there won't be a season two, but, like, they'll actually wrap up this murder and then, like season two will be like another murder or some other type of mystery or whatever.
0: Excellent. Excellent point. As always by our good buddy, Jay, Uh, I do agree with you with that one. I think there is a very big possibility that we may end this season with the three of them solving this case, selling their podcast to the serial podcast of this universe, and then setting themselves up in the next season that we solved one mystery. We need to solve another mystery. That there'll be another murder in the building. The only, but in a different building. I don't, I think it would be a little too much if we got a second season with another murder in the Arcadia again. I think maybe we could do something where they turn into the Mike Tyson's mystery team. And someone hires them to solve a mystery. Like they're the Scooby crew. Oh no, I'm out of focus. I'm out of focus. Sorry, everybody. I'm uh, the visual of my uh, camera angle was as drunk as I am. Let's get in the live motherfucking chat for a second. We got John Haymaker in the live chat. Thank you, John Haymaker. Who uh, I believe John was. I was doing one of the Tony streams. He's like, Tony, you should check out Only Murders in. I'm like, ah! I was like, follow me. Come on over. <laughs> Come watch this, but John Hagermaker, great to see you in the live motherfucking chat, and great to hear see you here joining us for this live discussion. I'm a little bit earlier than I'll normally do this. I'll normally do this on either Tuesday afternoons at noon or Monday evenings at around 12.30 a.m. Or, you know, Sunday mornings. Uh, I mean, excuse me, Monday mornings. Tuesday mornings, ah, <laughs> at uh, 12.30 a.m. Uh, or Tuesdays at 12.30 p.m., but I need to... I have some stuff I need to do in the later half of this day. Uh, so I could, had to do this as early as possible. Um, but yeah, these will exist somewhere in the morning between 10 and 12 p.m. or in the evening before if I'm able to stay up late to do a late night podcast. At least one of them I will do. Maybe that's what I'll do for the the one on the 20th since I know I'm starting to do my move on the 21st. Maybe on the 20th I will do that on... On a Monday evening rather than Sunday morning. I mean, (laughs) Tuesday morning. Sorry, I've had some drinks and it's early afternoon. But great to see John Haymaker in there. Yes, Garbello, it was a complicated situation. Yes, no, Oscar did not kill Tim Kono. I don't think Oscar killed Tim Kono either. I think Oscar is 100% innocent. I think Oscar seems super sweet. Season two is only murders in the building. Great. I like that, Alex. Good good wordy, hilarious. I think there'll be another murder this season. It's very possible that we may get a murder by the end of the season to lead us into next year. Like uh Oscar will die or something like that. But I do hope we get more because I feel like this show is starting to get a little bit of attention. It's starting to get a little bit of love. You're see I think. We're in such an oversaturated television landscape right now with all the streaming apps. It's hard to go to what I was talking about before with with the Cheers season finale series finale or the MASH season finale garnishing so many views or even week-to-week television like something like Kojak or Columbo or whatever receiving each individual episode the numbers of which people are watching it were were astronomical if we compare it to television watching nowadays that's what's so weird about doing this even now compared to doing it 10 years ago because we're have such a by this I mean talking about shows and hoping that I'm gonna get some sort of burst for an exciting show that is in the mainstream and people are searching for and looking for which is you know we get our people that watch me for me but then a lot of what brings in new people is when we walk talk about a popular show it's hard to dictate what shows are going to be popular now because there's so many of them. So it's more about doing a show that I love, you know, and I love this show. And then it's like a gamble. You know, will this show break into the the mainstream news cycle kind of stuff? And probably not. A lot of shows won't. It's hard for a show to do that right now that isn't some sort of big superhero combined universe kind of crappy bullshit. So... You know, it is what it is, and so and a certain percentage of people will watch the show, but will a network like Hulu be confident enough in the audience that they're getting for this? And I do feel like it's getting some hype. I feel like everyone that is watching this show, that's giving it a chance, is enjoying it, especially people of different generations that might miss Steve Martin and Martin Short. Haven't seen them in a lot of things since Bullworth, or uh, again, I did it again. Or in, since Martin Short was in this, in certain things. Or are going to see them in stage shows. Or are fans of a different generation of comedy. Whatever. And I feel like this show is going to have a lot more attention by the end of the season. But I don't think it's going to be as popular as it would have been in a different era, so to speak. But I am going to be following it. And I hope it does get a season two. Even if it doesn't reach that crazy buzzworthy level because I feel like the three of these actors have really good chemistry together and it needs to be explored even more than just 10 half an hour episodes. I think there could be so much more. I wouldn't mind them doing a what was the other movie? Fish called Wanda and the one before that was called something else. Basically it was a movie where you had I forget what the original the first one was called, but it had all the same actors in playing different roles but all the same actors working on a different film because all the actors had chemistry but the film individually didn't want to just do a recreation of the same storyline or just, or a continuation to the storyline so they did two movies the creative creative group all the actors and the directors and everyone did two movies in with completely different storylines but same casts so it was called a fish called Wanda and the other one was called something else I'm blanking on um AK love you take care have a great day I'll probably see you tomorrow night in Tony's live stream when we're doing a Game of Thrones discussion so I'll which I'll talk about in a second here if you haven't subscribed to Teflon TV make sure you do that every Wednesday night at around 6 30 pm I'll be joining Tony and some other guests here and there for some Game of Thrones discussions Joe and I will be back to talking about House of Dragons and that stuff once we get our first trailer but uh but if you're curious of some more Game of Thrones babblery, I join Teflon TV, Tony Teflon, every every Wednesday evening for the usual suspects, unusual suspects. We haven't decided what what it's called, with myself and Tony and a uh, third member that will that will be joining us occasionally here and there. And and or having a uh, having a guest in to fill that seat we call it the bridge seat, uh, so uh, so uh, but yeah, Tony and I will be doing that. We may miss a week coming up here, but for the most part we're on every Wednesday evening at about between the hours of six and seven o'clock for a Song of Ice and Fire geared stream we're doing right now we're doing what ifs you know what if this happened what if that happened uh the first two we did was what if the red wedding didn't happen and what if kyle drogo did not die um tony hasn't posted it yet so i don't want to talk about what the thing we're doing tomorrow is but it is another fun one that we're going to be doing tomorrow so um stay tuned for that they are like the three amigos with selena playing chevy chase's role and I'm willing to bet that the two of them probably think Selina is a lot easier to work with than Chevy Chase. I think at this point, maybe they talked about it. Maybe they looked at each other like, should we ask Chevy to join here? I wouldn't mind seeing Chevy do a guest appearance in some, like, minor role here and there. Just, like, a one scene with the three of them together. But I think everyone's gotten to the point in a post-community world. I think we all know that Chevy Chase is, like, horrible to work with. And I think people knew that leading up to that. And when he was young, he was even worse. He started a fist fight with Bill Murray because Bill Murray took over for him on Saturday Night Live, even though he's the one that quit. You know, Chevy Chase historically has been a a dingus. That doesn't mean I don't love vacation movies, and I don't love Fletch, and I don't love Nothing But Trouble, and I don't love a lot of what Chevy Chase has done at Caddyshack, and I think he's probably maybe one of the more hilarious things. Him and Rodney are the most hilarious things in Caddyshack, but... Chevy Chase is a dick cheese. I think we've I think I think that I think the proof has been di- dictated by by I mean just re- just look into the uh look into the community stuff um and I mean I know that's newer, but you know if you want to know why Chevy Chase doesn't get as much work or maybe he wasn't asked to be part of this series, I'm getting a feeling that maybe Steve Martin and Martin are like yeah no we don't want Chevy a part of this it, Chevy's a pain in the ass. They're like the three keepers. You should review some shows like Avatar The Last Airbender. Airbender. It was awesome. I would love to get into some anime. I'd be lying if I said I was 100% into it. So it's hard to give it the full watch. But that being said, I'm going to be joined here on these Only Murders in the Building podcast by Evan. King Baby Duck is going to be joining me. Probably episode 8, 9, and 10. It's gonna depend on the timing and the schedule-wise, but I'm definitely gonna have a guest host join me on these. My good buddy Evan, we've been waiting for it. Evan's been trying to get me to review anime, excuse me, anime-type stuff for a long time. That being one of the series, and it's definitely on the list. Chevy kept trying to fight Joe McHale when he was on Community. Yes, he was, and he said, and dealing with a lot of like inappropriate stuff, and dealing with his cast members, and being kind of a dick in general. They wrote his character in some ways on community to show you what Chevy Chase was really like. There was a lot of Balsaro, is that the guy's name that created Creek Community? There was a lot of real one-for-one Cheviness coming through that character after the first couple of seasons, when especially with that third season when he's like a total dick. Um, there's a lot of referential shit connected with that. So let me play. I will watch this show. I better enjoy it or I will terminate you. (laughs) Terminator 850 is in there now, too. We got Terminator Genesis, Genesis Terminator 2. All the Terminators are coming here. And they are making sure I am actually giving a genuine review of this show. And I actually am getting them on board talking about a great show. Or they're going to terminate me. You guys, make sure you subscribe to the podcast or the Terminator kills me. Do you want the Terminator to kill me? Make sure you subscribe.
1: What if Arya had actually rescued Jon in that last episode because she was a faceless assassin who literally could have killed all of the goddamn um, guards guarding him or just killed the uh, one guard in charge took in his face and then let him out? Ooh. Oh. And, uh, I like that. Hey, I'm not sure if you ever watched this show, but Avatar The Last Airbender was an awesome show like maybe you could do uh a retro uh like um review of that 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 show actually uh garners a lot of discussion
0: awesome no i
1: don't know maybe joe could join you Alright,
0: later. Thank you, buddy. I may- Maybe I'll do something like that because I've heard nothing but great stuff about that show through, through uh, Fandom D. Saint was trying to get me to watch that for a long time and my friend Evan was trying to get me to watch that so I'll definitely check that out maybe we can get Joe on it as well. A lot of other shows and a lot of other fun discussions yet to happen here on the channel. I can't wait to get into it. I was just going to say something but I got a little buzz. I'm a little buzz right now so I totally forgot what I was going to say. But there's a lot more fun stuff coming up here on the channel. But oh, yes, I know what I was gonna say. I also am gonna start doing, once I move, I'm gonna start doing Oz reviews. I'm gonna do a full rewatch of this HBO series Oz. Funny enough, some of the most of the attention that I'm getting on my channel right now. Is from an Oz review I did two years ago. Uh, doing some uh, doing some Oz discussions, getting a lot of like late comments years later, and got got some after. Like I think that that video started out with like a hundred views for like months, and now is up to like 16,000 or something. So I'm starting to get more attention. So I know it's not about views, but it is about giving people what looks like they're asking for. So if you're checking out this channel because you just saw an, an Oz review, I'm going to start possibly as soon as next week do or later this week on Thursday or Friday if I'm feeling up feeling up to it doing review doing a full review of the series of Oz episode by episode. I feel like it's an underreported show. It has two big brothers that are way more popular than it is with The Wire and The Sopranos. So it gets, and a third big brother called Six Feet Under, that all get way more attention than it does. And it deserves a lot more attention for starting this era of television that we live in. So if people are a fan of the HBO series Oz, stay subscribed to the channel. I'm going to start doing recaps and reviews of every episode of the series oz so if you're you've been hinkering for an oz rewatch now's the time to start get ready watch episode one i'll be doing a live review either this week next week or possibly the first week of october of the uh series of oz and slowly but surely doing week by week uh doing uh episode by episode recaps Probably by myself. I may be joined by some guests along the way to watch individual episodes of Oz, but I am a huge fan. I've watched Oz theoretically more than almost any other series I've ever watched in my life. Uh, I don't know why that is. I can't explain it, but we'll get into it. So uh, thank you to all the people that have been checking out that Oz review. I do appreciate that. Uh, it's It's been an un It's been a surprising success on the channel. I expected no one to ever check that out, that review. And instead, it's kind of blown up a little bit. So thank you so much for that. And I will definitely get into talking about the series as a whole. Hey, Phil, love Oz. Definitely down for that. Definitely subscribe. Like I said, I'm going to be doing episode by episode. Um, I think maybe when we get to the later episodes, I might do whole seasons. But but I, I want to see how far I can get with an episode by episode review of Oz. Oz was the first show I literally was obsessed with, says Alex. I would go out clubbing before watching the episodes, and clubbing going out was the main priority at the time. <laughs> Me too. I When I first, first started watching Oz, just to give a little preview here, when I first started watching Oz, I'd never seen a show like it at all, except for 90210. And I mean that in the sense that with every episode leading into another episode, leading into another episode, leading into an ongoing storyline. And I think... Sopranos gets all the credit for it, but Oz started it. Maybe saying elsewhere started it, but Oz really started it. Oz was the foundation for the HBO that exists today. We would not have the shocking things that we saw in Game of Thrones and on so many other HBO shows if we did not have Oz. It's that simple. Phil, you gotta come back with me. Back to the future. What's funny about that Back to the Future is the walking David and I have done a Back to the Future 1 review, and we meant to do a Back to the Future 2 and 3 one, and we've been waiting years to do it, so we finally fucking got to do it. Listen, listen, Morty. No, Rick. Is it Rick? Morty? Listen. Listen, buddy. Listen. Listen, buddy. Great Scott. Boardwalk Emperor is another underrated show that I'm actually in the middle of a rewatch of it right now. I especially love those first two seasons. I don't love season three when we get into that other character that it gets introduced, that's sort of like an over-the-top comedic villain. But I do like the last two seasons too. I think there's one season of Boardwalk I don't hear because of that like crazy villain that we get that's like a little bit too over the top, and we get so little nookie in that season, too. But I think Boardwalk Empire is also an underrated show on HBO. I think it's another one that gets forgotten about. Maybe one we'll look into deeper at a different day and age. But I think Oz needs the love. Oz needs the love. Alex says, Oz is definitely my soprano. Like, Babylon 5 is my Deep Space Nine. I think Oz is... I love The Sopranos, and obviously I'm doing a whole Sopranos rewatch, and I don't want to poo-poo the importance of The Sopranos in the way that bring this kind of entertainment to the mainstream. But in the sense of like trying this stuff, Oz is the first. And Oz, in some ways, those first early seasons are the best HBO was doing. It was like dictating a whole stage show in front of me. And I do have to say that if The Sopranos didn't take an extra break for one year because they needed to clean up the fact that livia died oz probably would have been even more successful part of the problem that happened in oz and i talked about this before in my oz review is that in season four they had done a season the first half of season four was excellent keeps to the same energy that the first three seasons of oz have second half of season four is when you get a little goofy and we get there because HBO demanded more Oz because The Sopranos were on an extra hi- hiatus because they had to figure out before season three. So there is elements, or or was it before season four? I forget. There was a break in The Sopranos, and HBO demanded Tom Fontana produce more episodes of Oz, which is when we get into our season four, which gets a little bit more outrageous. And I think Oz starts to go downhill a little bit in season four, season five, season six, I don't think it ever gets bad, but I think the best of Oz is those first three seasons. Those first three seasons is near-perfect television. Near-perfect television. Fucking slacker. (laughs) Fucking slacker! Showtime actually stood a chance before... Yeah, Showtime actually stood a chance before Oz. It really did. There's also a very early series called Dream On that I haven't watched again. Showtime... The early Showtime series that I liked, I believe, and I could be wrong about the series, is is they had a show called Brothers that was very entertaining, a comedic series about three brothers that ran a restaurant. Um, And they had the It's Gary Shandling show. Gary Shandling is a guy that kind of gets forgotten about through time as a comedian. He died early. He was a great stand-up comedian, the host of The Larry Sanders Show, which is an amazing show if you haven't watched it. if, If you have HBO Now or Go or... HBO Max, is that what it's called? That's what it's called now. Give the give a Larry Sanders show a shot. Underrated comedic show that gets forgotten about over time. Unbelievably hilarious. So many great actors. Rip Torn is unbelievable. Jeffrey Tambora is a huge part of the show as well. Um, so many guest stars make individual appearances. Gary Shandling destroys it on that show. But I also really enjoyed It's Gary Shandling Show, which was his first show, which was almost breaking the conventions of sitcom television. And he was like, oh, you were you as the audience member were aware that you were watching a show and he was breaking the fourth wall and kind of talking to you the whole time. And that was one of those early Showtime cable shows where HBO and Showtime were one for one. They were battling with you had Dream On on HBO, which was a show about a guy that, um, Grew up almost similar to the remote control intro of the the, the uh, game show remote control from MTV. Kenny wasn't like the other kids. You get a character that's watched so much TV that every life situation makes them flash to a reference to TV. And then what they did was they would have this character. It was very sexual too. Dream on. Like every episode was like almost leisure shoot Larry like where every episode you'd see the main character in a dirty porn like situation because it's HBO and they could show boobs. Um... But the show itself also had all these weird referential humor to it. Like every time he went through something, you'd flash to an old black and white movie where he'd see a reference. At the time, you had that show and Dream On and and It's Gary Shandling Show competing with Showtime and HBO bashing each other. Then Oz showed up and destroyed the game. The game was over. So, yeah. I can't wait to get into Oz. Just started watching a trailblazing show for sure, for sure. It's it's Phil. You're you're okay, but it's something about your kids. They've grown into assholes. <laughs> what is it? I mean, Emmett Brown. What is it? Do I have to travel with you? Have, have I have I turned into an asshole in the future or something? Have I forgotten about? I mean, I know I'm gonna be like decrepit two years from now. Let's say let's do the over under and how long my hair is completely white. I have a wrinkly face and you look like you're watching a podcast from Santa Claus. So uh, we'll say three, four years before I'm like all like white beard, white thing. We'll see. Tri- but trailblazing show for sure. I'm stuck in the year 2021 with the whole pandemic thing. I need your help to get back to 1985. I'm stuck in 2022 as well. I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck at the end of 2020. I'm a big mess. But everyone, I think now is as good a time as any before we go too far. I'm almost at two hours here. Uh, like I said before, I was going to try to keep these to a half an hour streams, but that's not fucking possible. Or uh, 45 minutes. We got 10 minutes or so left in this live podcast. If you have any more questions or comments or directions you want to send me and now is the time. Other than that, I'm going to probably stop things at at the two hour point right now. Thank you guys so much for joining me this afternoon. I love being able to do these afternoon streams. And thank you for those of you that have been joining Joe and I for our Sunday night fun as well. We're talking about The Walking Dead right now, but we're always open for other discussions during The Walking Dead podcast. So for right now, everybody, if you're curious and checking this out at a later date, the two times that we are live here on the channel are Tuesday morning slash afternoons and Sunday evenings at 1035. Also, I am live on Wednesday nights at about 6, between 6 and 7 o'clock p.m. on Teflon TV. So those are the three times I am live at the current moment right now if you want to check out more of my goofiness. I'm definitely going to be Santa Phil. Not too long, Ian. We're going to be watching the Santa reviews by the time House of the Dragons is done. I hate to break it to you, but your hair will fall in the future, Phil. I'm bald by next year, too. It's true. It's true as time goes on you can't see it everybody but I'm getting the Jack Nicholson hairdo and my hair is not getting any longer I feel like it's just getting shorter so I do think by one of two things are gonna happen either all my hair will be gray and I'll have a very short gray head of hair or it's all gonna be gone you are gonna be watching the bald Santa Claus podcasts within two or three years here or within a year it could even be sooner who knows it's very true like literally every single one of my cousins, I love you guys. Jeffrey, David, Alan Craig, Gotti, I mean, Gotti, David, Alan and Craig, Pete, Emily's a girl, so she's not bald. But literally every one of my male cousins, because our grandfather was so bald, are all bald by the time they're like 18, 19 years old. I mean like bald. i when I go to cousin when I go to Thanksgiving dinners, I'm literally the only one with hair granted most of them aren't gray and they're all older than me but still I'm the only one with hair so I'm confident I'm not confident that this is lasting I am in my 40s I'm in my mid 40s so I've made it this far already so there's a chance I might survive but Joe and I were actually talking about that after the show was over the other night am I gonna make it I don't know I don't know it's gonna be close am I gonna make it by the time I die will I be bald I don't know. It's a question. I'm 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 entering that into the possibility. You better signal the shampoo commercial right now. I'm gonna look like I'm gonna look like a uh, I'm gonna have a big mullet. I'm gonna look like Gallagher by the end of it all. I think I'm gonna like I'm gonna have the like the hair up here, and I'm gonna just look like look like uh, I'm gonna look like Gallagher by the end of it all. You would look horrifying as a bald guy. Probably. I'd probably wear hats. <laughs> Let's be true. I if I if I did go bald, I would wear a hat or I'd wear a wig. <laughs> I'm also a sea survivor. I'm I'm the sea survivor. So when I was going through all that, I was very I was very conscious of uh not not going bald. <laughs> but yes, it's very possible, Dr. Emmett Brown, that either my hair is gonna look like yours in two years <laughs> or I'm gonna be bald. One or the other. But I'm going to go as long as I can. I don't, care if, I don't care if this hair is, like, back here in two years. I'm going to keep the mullet going for as long as I can. They do still sell toupees. Or I can get some hair, like, removed from my ass and put on my head or something. I mean, I think I'll probably go that route if I have to. I guess I'm just saying, don't be surprised in the next two years if this stuff just starts falling out. I might have hit the wall. They do still but yeah, they do still sell toupees. I'm gonna to take one last shot to you guys. You guys are fucking amazing. We have to go back to pre- We have to go back to prevent this hair loss from happening. You probably have to go back to the most recent play I did in 2020, when I was like ridiculously horrible to my hair and like I had to tie it back in weird sort of uh quick ponytails while it was Coming out to sword fight and shit. I think I destroyed it. I think I like ripped out so much of it. While I was going through that time period. That it just never quite was the same after that. I do have to embrace the bald. Embrace the bald. It's fine. I'll embrace it. I don't mind. But I'll embrace it with a fucking wig. You bet your ass if I go bald. I'm going to fucking buy a, uh, buy a really expensive long hair wig. So you guys don't even fucking know the difference. More more than likely I'll be gray more than bald. But it might happen. might yeah. happen. Now, Alex says, what if Tim Kono actually killed himself? He and Zoo were both privileged ones in the quartet, and they started stealing jewelry. Maybe Tim Kono was indirectly responsible for his own death. Part of me have thought that, too, a couple of times along the way, to think, what if this is all much to do about nothing, and Tim actually did kill himself? And they're going to find out at the end of all of this, it's exactly what the police detective said to them, you fucking true, true podcast idiots. Tim killed him. Fuck himself.
1: Hey Phil, did you ever watch Arliss on HBO? It was like a, a I, comedy about like a sports agent or whatever. Um, and like he just represented like different like real athletes, but like in a fictional storyline. All right, let
0: As always, I thought,
1: I thought that was a pretty good show.
0: It, it was. Absolutely. I love Arliss. That that actor was in the first Batman movie, too. I He's sort of one of those comedians that gets forgotten about over time. I'm blanking on his name, but I always called him Arliss because of that. But yes, I did watch that show. That's another good show on HBO. HBO, for a while, just created so many good shows, whether they're intense, deep, dark broadcast shows or they're funny, lighthearted comedies like... The uh fly the concords or uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is coming up with a new season right now, too. But I thought Arliss was a very good show or entourage. Whoa. I just totally spilled my last shot of vodka all over my couch and all over the uh, <laughs> and all over the uh, the the uh, power strip. So hopefully I won't get electrocuted. But uh, but yeah, I definitely liked Arliss a lot. I think it was. Uh, I think it it did what it was trying to do really well, and I think that actor is is a funny, funny guy. He's a funny, funny guy. Getting to the deliriums. My dreads are long, but I'm receding. It sucks. It happens. It happens. I mean, I want to. Re- I obviously want to rewind time. I'd love to, you know, stay Benjamin Buttons forever. But no, I mean, I've talked about this before. My people say, oh, you know, you don't look forty. 40- I'm 44. You look 44. You're five. When I hit the wall, it's going to be hard and fast. I'm going to run into it head first. And I'm going to look, you're going to see me on this podcast looking like this, relatively okay. Then the next podcast I do, I'm going to look like Willie Nelson. It's it's just going to happen. It happens. Great Scott. (laughs) The couch is drunk. The couch is shit faced. The couch is fucking shit faced. Fucking alcohol abuse we got a couple more minutes here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys have been exceptionally awesome today. Whether it be through Super Chats, getting me a little drunk in the afternoon, or talking about this episode of Only Murders in the Building. It's been an amazing fun time this afternoon. I look forward to coming out here every afternoon for the next five weeks to talk about this series. And then after that, on Tuesday evenings, we'll try to get back into The Sopranos. Also have the many seats, Many Saints of Brooklyn? Coming out the new Sopranos movie that I'm going to be talking about, and I will talk about that on the first night it is released on October 1st. I'm going to see if I can get Matt to talk about that as well. But that will be that will be in the new place because I'm moving in the new place on the 26th. Excuse me, but we have the new Sopranos. Excuse me, movie coming out. I just actually watched. Speaking of Oz, I watched one of those uh, Oz reunion streams that they had around the time of uh during the beginning of the quarantine it was with uh it was with hill it was with uh ryan o'reilly it was with miguel alvarez and with beecher and uh with uh tim with uh tim mcmanus and then uh, they were all talking about the uh like oz historically and where what it means and all that sort of stuff Not gonna lie, when i first saw you i thought jesus was streaming chubby christ hey everybody hey everybody this is chubby christ here for you to to watch me turn some water into wine right now was that the show about the sports agents? yes it was the show about the sports agents very good show very good fun i could go on everybody but now's the time Everybody, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. You guys have been amazing. One more for you. Super chat donations. Thank you so much this afternoon. Thank you guys for being amazing in the live chat. You guys make this worth the fun coming out here and babble to you, whether there's is two of you or ten of you or a thousand of you. I cannot say how much I love getting to talk to you and babbling to you about all the goofy stuff inside my head. In fact, I feel bad for people that have to hang out with me when I can't do this. Cause I can't really talk. They just have to deal with like me babbling and babbling and babbling. Now I thank you so much to you super chatters for getting me fucking drunk at noon on a fucking Tuesday. What am I gonna do for the rest of the day? I guess I have to go sit and watch The Expanse. Too bad. Also doing a rewatch of Sons of Anarchy right now and in the middle of season four, one of my favorite seasons. Thank you so much. If you haven't already and you like this video, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, share the channel with a friend. I'll be back tomorrow evening with Mr. Teflon on Teflon TV to talk about some Game of Thrones topics, a so what if. Very fun what if tomorrow night. Make sure you join us. I will also be back on Sunday evening at 10.35 p.m. with Joe Dirtylocks to talk about the most recent episode of The Walking Dead. If you haven't already, check out our most recent episode. A lot of fun. Uh, Joe and I had exceptional amounts of fun. Whether you watch The Walking Dead or not, we had a great time talking about it. Thank you, guys. I love getting to have two hours of just talking to you alone, too. It's fun to do an alone podcast. It's been too long. I love you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Goodbye. Oh, wait. No, the music stopped, and I haven't stopped the stream yet. What the flying?